Welcome to Inside the Oval, presented by Dignity Health. I'm Patty Kwan. And I'm Haley Jones. And this week, we are joined by 49ers Director of Player Engagement, Austin Moss. Austin, thanks for joining the podcast. Thank you for having me. To start, what are your responsibilities as the Director of Player Engagement? So, as Director of Player Engagement for the 49ers, um, there's a lot that I, that I oversee, uh, and I try to, you know, capture it in a, in a small sentence by saying, you know, I help our young men become professionals faster than what they would on their own and, you know, outline goals and strategy to help them accomplish their goals uh, on and off the field. So that kind of captures everything. When did you know a job like this was what you wanted to do? Um, I got to grad school. Uh, so I played football at college and uh, at the University of Kentucky. And, you know, everybody, you know, wants to aspire to be, you know, that NFL player, et cetera. And, you know, when I realized that wasn't going to be in my future, I wanted to work as a, an executive in the front office. So um, through my graduate program, well, through my football program, I found out that there's a graduate program at the University of Central Florida where you can get your MBA and a master's in sport management. So I pursued that, got accepted. And uh, then when I got to grad school, was, you know, studying and doing my MBA courses, I learned about, you know, the player engagement department that exists and these roles that are uh, at every club. So you mentioned, you know, getting your bachelor's in business marketing and then your master's in business administration, you know, with the goal in mind of becoming um, an executive in like an NFL front office. And and this was kind of while you were also like a student athlete. So like how how was it just kind of balancing like professional goals with also being involved in student athletics? Um, it was challenging for sure. Like, you know, just the demands of a schedule as an athlete, um, you know, making sure you're you're getting your lift in, your practice, and, uh, you know, it's either all in the morning or all in the afternoon, depending on what program you're at. And then, you know, you do your coursework, and then there's tutoring and study hall after that. So it's a full day. Um, and, you know, I, I just kind of fell in love with the thought of working in sports. Like, when you're on a team and you're part of something that's greater than yourself, um, it's a really, really cool process to see, you know, how your contributions can impact the whole and when I felt that as, a, as an athlete, I was like, man, I want to continue this, you know, beyond, you know, just playing on the field. So, like, how can I, you know, marry that with my interest? And that's when I started to, you know, pursue the opportunities um, and, and ask people, ask questions. That's really what I did. I was like, hey, you know, how can I work in this? Or people would come to our practice, like scouts, and say, hey, you know, how'd you get this job? What did you do? So, you know, a lot of times I, I tell the youth, like, I can only aspire to be what I see. But if you don't open your eyes out, open your eyes and, and try to meet people and learn and uh you know, ask questions, then you'll never know. So luckily I was able to get exposed to people that work in the space and then I started to pursue it from there. What are your tips or how did you go about networking with people? I think there are a lot of people who do work in the sports industry, but they're not always accessible. How was that process for you? Yeah, it's super hard. Like these jobs, like they're, you know, very sought after. There's a high demand and a very limited supply. So, um, you know, you, you got to be intentional and in trying to figure out, okay, what are the areas in, in that I can work and who's working in those areas and how can I build a relationship? So it comes down to like the effort and communication, reaching out via email or, you know, text or, or writing a letter. Um, I know people that have written hand letter, handwritten letters to all 32 teams on a consistent basis about, you know, their passions, their interests and sharing that resume. Um, one thing I, a lot of people don't know about my journey, like even after grad school, um, getting the NBA, like it still took a year and a half to get the internship at the NFL headquarters in New York. And, you know, I thought I did everything to be qualified. And I was like, yeah, of course they want to hire me. But, you know, I still got 98 no's for, you know, the 99 attempts that I got. 
or, or that I made. So, you know, just believing in yourself, not giving up hope, but being, again, strategic and trying to build a relationship and figure out, you know, how, not always asking people for things, but just wanting to learn and be intellectually curious, you know, doing research, trying to find different articles that would help, you know, strengthen my skill set and find a way to add value to an organization or a team. Those were things that kind of helped propel me. Something that we actually talk about a lot is Patty and I both started part-time when we got to the 49ers. We had both graduated from college and had other internships and it still wasn't that like full-time role that I think people expect you to have after you finish school. Do you recommend like any foot in the door is a good foot in the door when you're trying to get into sports or because I know you took that internship as well. Yeah, I, I do agree that you have to cast a wide net and it's not always like, you know, if you do A, B, you're not always going to get C in this space, you know. So uh, the sports industry is very relationship based and you got to be able to, you know, find somebody that will take a chance on you, but then, you know, be willing to work, you know, extremely hard for not very much money and just start to get experience, you know, like when I was in grad school, we did 50-50 raffle sales and we were walking up and down the stands of the Orlando Magic Arena and you're engaging people and, you know, you're getting a lot of no's. That's, you know, not fun, but it, it forces you to grow. Like, you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And the more times you can put yourself out there and do that, you know, the higher opportunities you'll, you'll have, the higher odds that you'll have of getting an opportunity to be successful. I think you mentioned it earlier, like, I can't be what I can't see and I think there is, and, you know, with you wanting to be, like, an executive at the NFL level, um, you know, I think there are, like, there is areas for improvement when it comes to diversity. And so, like, what do you think, like, needs to happen in order for that representation to kind of be there? Yeah, I think for sure with, you got to have more qualified, like, candidates within the pipeline. And, you know, there has to be intention behind that. Uh, but the first thing is getting qualified and, you know, for me, that's why I wanted to go get the MBA and I wanted to go to a, a sports specific MBA program so I could get exposed to the different, you know, aspects of business uh, within sport. And then, you know, after you get yourself qualified and you get the degree and the credentials so you can at least get a look, then it's like a lot of heavy lifting of, you know, beating the pavement, trying to find a job opportunity. Like most of the jobs that get posted online, like there's already like five people that have been recommended and there's a very short, you know, line to get in that door. So it's a long line to get in the door, but it's a very short process in terms of you getting an opportunity. So I say all that to say, like, you just got to be consistent, persistent. Um, and, you know, again, don't give up on yourself, but also be strategic in how you can add value. Like, it's cool to say, oh, I work for the 76ers, whatever. But like, what sets you apart from just having a degree? Like, tell me about, you know, your background, something that you went through that was a really, really tough experience, but it made you who you are and how you're going to succeed and what value you'll add to this company. And if you know, again, if it's a space where something isn't being done or you have an idea or you can be creative, that's what employers and, and hiring managers want to see. Like, okay, like I can add this person, but like how will they help me like meet my goals and my key performance indicators? So uh, being intentional about that and knowing the space and the landscape so you can say, yes, like not only do I know what this company or organization has been through, but this is what I'm planning to do and what I can do to help us, you know, or help you get where you want to go. I'm really curious. I think this is our 40th episode and I don't know if we've had anyone who's worked for the league and a team what are the differences or is there a difference <laughs> in like mentality or just like workflow um yeah there's definitely some differences um I love working on the team side but I am really thankful that I started at the league because 
I got to see it from a macro level and, you know, they're all trying to support all 32 clubs and, you know, you see all the business deals from, you know, the TV contracts and how lucrative those are. But, you know, you understand why now I'm on the sideline on Sundays and I get why there's a two minute and 30 second TV timeout because that's, you know, helping add to the advertising and opportunities to get money. So the CBA is structured the way it is and guys can earn more um, and knowing what that process is like and then, you know, the schedule that's made. And I used to run some of our league events with like draft, Pro Bowl, Super Bowl and knowing all the logistics and, and things that go with that and also being able to work on all three of those projects at the same time because they happen back to back to back. So you learn how to multitask, you learn how to handle a lot of different um, responsibilities and, and timelines and then being able to recapture that, the successes, the key learnings and debrief and then you know, put it together in a very high-level format to show, you know, whether it's Roger Goodell or your executive, you know, vice president of, hey, these are the things that we sought out to accomplish, and this is how we did, this is what we're going to do to improve it, and this is, you know, where we're going to go. So, long story short, that was great from a league office perspective, and now from a team, like, you know, I'm in the locker room and, and helping support our guys, help develop culture, you know, creating accountability, and then, you know, helping, you know, just life skills, decision-making, a lot of different things that are hands-on that I didn't necessarily have uh, at the league office. So it was a, a cool dynamic, uh, definitely very different, both of them, but uh, I love where we are and trying to, you know, contribute to help our team win a championship. What was, we talked about a little bit, but like what was your path to the 49ers and was there anything along that way that really, you know, made you want to kind of join the team side or, or realize like this is what I really wanted to do? If unfortunately I got, recommended uh when the opportunity opened here they, they made a change in player engagement they were looking for uh, a new hire and my boss at the time at the league office uh, troy vincent he played against john lynch uh, when they were you know coming up in the league and you know john had reached out to him ran into him at senior bowl and, and thankfully troy recommended me so i know a lot of people here they know it's not about who you know but who knows you um that's certainly a, a big part of it but even more so like to be able to have my boss that could speak highly of me because whatever was given to me at the league, like I just wanted to be the best at it. Like it didn't matter. Like you could tell me to like take out these 50 trash cans, like every day, like I'm gonna make sure those trash cans are so clean that the, ba <laughs> the bags are put in there perfectly, everything. So it was like, you know, we, we talk about it in our locker room with the team. It's like how you do anything is how you do everything. So, you know, not cutting it short, not, um, you know, taking pride in your work. Those were things that luckily my family taught me and, people that are close to me so when I carried that into the league office as an intern and was grinding but like I wanted to be the first one in and the last one to leave and I'm like dang like why is this young man staying here like his work is done but I was always asking for more and when I and whatever I, they gave me like I wanted to be the best at it so as I grew within that organization you know Troy could speak to John and say hey man like this guy's got all the intangibles and the qualities uh because he's gonna you know take pride in what he does and he's gonna do it at a high level so that was something that uh, I learned and that, you know, helped propel me to get that opportunity. And then again, like just maintaining relationships. It's a, it's a very relationship-based business. And when you can have people that, you know, trust you, that, you know, like working around you and, you know, you're a team player, that, that helps and goes a long way. Do you have a favorite project you've worked on since you've been here? Um, yeah, I would say really like building out our, our mental health uh, space, you know, in player engagement, we're... Uh, are responsible for that as well and just providing support and resources and you know it's become more and more um, 
you know, prevalent in the community of, of athletes to be able to be comfortable sharing, you know, what you're dealing with, whether it's depression, anxiety, uh, substance of abuse, but knowing like there's a growing need for that and then building out, you know, a, a space and a platform to where our players, coaches, families can get the support they need whenever things grow up, uh, come up. You know, it's been really, really cool to see the transformation over the last five years. And I think we, we have a really you know good support system and structure. Uh, but again, it doesn't go, that doesn't exist without the support of ownership, you know, to be able to provide, you know, resources and funding to do that. And then also, you know, our head coach and general manager, you know, John and Kyle, they really believe in that. And they, you know, let the players know, like, hey, if you have something that comes up, like, please, you know, utilize the resources we have and know that, like, what happens with that, you know, will remain confidential. You know, you don't feel have to feel like you're going to lose your job if you have something that comes up and you can go to a safe space and, and get your needs met. So I know, you know, you said there was like a big emphasis on mental health. And I think part of the relationships that you build with these guys and involve a lot of trust and just, you know, kind of carrying some of the weight of things that they might be going through. Like, what do you do to make sure that you are also okay? <laughs> yeah, that's the the hardest part of the job, honestly, is like trying to reset yourself because uh, you're constantly pouring out and giving so much to so many people. And I wasn't very good at it at first. And I think I've found like a much better rhythm now. Um, but for me, it's, um, you know, working out. One of me is like, you know, I have to, you have to invest in your body, uh, just like you invest in your mind, your family, your relationships. Like for me, like, you know, my health and nutrition and wellness is, is key. And, and, you know, it allows me to relieve stress when I can work out, do some cardio, uh, lift weights, but also just, you know, being able to get a massage or being able to, you know, do stretching and go out and, you know, enjoy nature outside doing something athletic. So that's been really helpful for me. Um, sage is awesome. <laughs> I love uh, burning sage, Palo Santo, um, some of those natural uh, remedies. And then um, for me, it's like I, I have to start my day before everybody else. So, like, I love getting up at, like, 5 a.m. And, and getting in here early and getting my workout going. And then that way I've already got to process and have my morning before, you know, the guys get here. And then I can start to support and serve them. We couldn't have you here without talking about Zoe and Rookie. How did that all come about? Because I feel like that's yeah. a really nice uh, le like way to talk about them after talking about mental health. Yeah, for sure. That, that's a big part of the mental health platform that we've built and something I you know take pride in. It's a very you know out of the box type of idea that came. Um, but honestly, it was you know when Solomon Thomas was here and he unfortunately you know had the tragic suicide of his sister, you know, he was in a really dark place. And, you know, we had a dog in the office for a short term, a temporary time. And that was the one time that I got to see him smile and be himself and just be authentic. And, you know, we all know the research behind, you know, what emotional support and the therapy from, you know, whether it's an animal or, or anything else that provides you, like what it does. So, you know, I talked to Solomon and he asked me if we could get one. And I was like, well, who's going to keep it? <laughs> and he was like, I don't know. And I was like, well, let me think about it. And then, like, you know, it just really stayed on my heart. And I said, you know what, like, I'll get the dog. I'll, you know, I've always liked dogs. So if I can get a approval from Jed and, and John to, to get it and Kyle, and uh, you know, we'll get one and pick one out together. So that's how it came about. And it became a, a really big thing. Like, again, this is a very stressful environment. You know, you guys are constantly under pressure to perform. And then, you know, there's injuries. And there's a lot of things that can really impact your mental health and your you know, morale and to have, you know, a cool little Frenchie. And now we have two that come in there and, you know, can lift your mood you know, no matter what's going on. Uh, that's a really, really powerful thing. And we've seen some uh, great benefits from it. Do you think your office is the most visited? <laughs> uh, 
it's pretty high. I'm not gonna lie. Like, <laughs> I'm in like prime position, you know, right before the cafeteria, and then like to go outside. So uh, we get a lot of visitors, but I definitely don't think I would get the, near the traffic if those dogs weren't in there. So uh, people love them. They are very cute. Go follow them at the 49ers Frenchies on Instagram. <laughs> um, so I didn't know this, but you were a walk-on at Kentucky and eventually yeah. earned your scholarship. Can you take us through that and like any advice you might have for, you know, college athletes who are kind of going through the same thing? Yeah, I mean, that was a, a, it was a hard process, but it was a rewarding process. I'll say that. I mean, obviously, you know, you, everybody wants to get a scholarship and be able to, you know, compete at a high level. Um, and I had opportunities to go play at smaller colleges uh, under the scholarship, but, you know, it just it, it wasn't my dream. And I really wanted to chase, you know, what was important to me. So um, the first and biggest thing, like, it taught me how to set a goal and to go out and get it. And then, like, you know, when you are a walk-on and you don't get priority and you have to fight and cl- scratch and claw for everything, like, you got to be a tough person. You got to be resilient. You got to persevere. You got to be willing to, you know, again, believe in yourself when nobody else believes in you. And those were things that I took from it. And, you know, I learned how to apply a process and a strategy of, you know, creating those goals and achieving them. And I was really, really, you know, excited when I got that scholarship. That was like one of the most, you know, rewarding moments in my life. And then again, it just kind of propelled me to, you know, apply that same passion and drive to everything else I did. So uh, going to grad school and then again, like pursuing the job, you know, to get with the NFL team or league and then hearing no, but again, continue to believe in yourself when you hear no, like that was like a huge part of my journey. So I'm thankful for it. And it was awesome. We got to turn the program around, went to three straight bowl games and have a lot of strong relationships with the teammates that I had from that time. And uh, they helped shape me to be who I am today. Correct me if I'm wrong, but being an athlete probably helps connecting with the people that you need to connect with players, coaches. But as we all get further and further out of college. How is connecting with rookies who are coming in and people who there is an age gap now between all of us and then the people who we are now trying to make connections with? <laughs> yeah, it's getting wider and wider and I'm feeling older and older each year. Honestly, <laughs> like I used to be like big brother, but now I'm starting to feel like uncle now. Like, it's <laughs> it's crazy. I don't understand the lyrics and the music they listen to, but uh, <laughs> I still try to connect in some way. Um, but yeah, it's really just trying to find those commonalities. Uh, again, we're a lot more alike than we are different, but in order to get to that point, you have to be able to communicate. So I think just, you know, understanding who you are, what your values are, um, and then talking to other people about their values, their experiences, and, you know, what their goals and dreams are. I think you can find like a lot of similarities and and commonalities and those type of things, whether you came from, you know, um, Green Bay, Wisconsin, or you came from, um, you know, Louisiana and New Orleans. Like, there's guys from all walks of life, but we find those commonalities, and we're all, again, working towards the same goal, trying to uh, help our team win a championship. So uh, when you keep that, you know, in mind, and you say, all right, like, let's figure out how we can meet in the middle and and push each other to be our best every day. Like, that's super exciting, and and I love coming to work here to be able to do it. It's funny that you mentioned music because I don't know if a lot of people know this. You also go by DJ A2. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you're ever out of 49ers practice, you will see him um, under the tent getting those playlists off. What goes into making a good playlist? Because whenever I'm out there, it can go from like hard rock to like, you know, hard rap. Yeah. You know, so like. Where what makes a good playlist? Like what goes into your playlist and the order and everything like that? Yeah, I think 
the biggest thing is like music is art it's a form of expression and it's really like the most unique thing because it's however you see it and you feel it and it's energy that you give out and put into the world so like the musicians that are talented enough to give it to us like we receive it and then like we apply it to our daily lives so for me it's like all right i'm thinking about, like how can i set this practice off and make it like the best environment you know and energy that i possibly can so they can you know feel good and go out there and compete so with the start of the playlist obviously i get like a debo is always sending me stuff um <laughs> let's see uh trent williams charles and many like those guys love it so the players will send their request in and you know the stretch period is something that you know you don't want to come out too early because your body's not warm yet but you still want to get the juice going so you play you know the popular songs they like and then we transition to special teams period and our special teams coordinator coach schneider he loves rock and roll like hardcore rock so the whole special teams period we're definitely going to play some you know acdc some um who, who else we got we got rolling stones we got um blink 182 just a lot of different stuff so and then when we get into the competitive periods that's when we want to make sure like we go hard um so that's you know your dmx your little baby your uh jeezy um so it helps that i played because i kind of know when it's an up tempo period versus a, a low tempo period uh, but again, it's all about controlling the energy throughout practice. So like when we do get, you know, in those amplified moments that, you know, they can go out and compete even when it's loud. Obviously, when we go on the road, we always like crank the music up extra loud um, so they can adapt to the noise. And then, you know, most importantly, we got to turn up for the bay. So the too short, E40, um, you know, P-Low, all those things like we, we try to keep it going. How does your job change when you're in season versus out of season? Yeah, so in season, we're on site every day supporting the guys, you know, everything from, you know, understanding what our game plan is each week and going into that preparation and helping guys, you know, get prepared for, you know, Sunday, Monday, Thursday, whichever game we're playing. Um, so you go through that process week in, week out, and, you know, you feel every, feel it every day. Like the, loss, the losses, you know, are tough, and then, you know, the wins are great, but you can't get too high, you can't get too low. Like, you just gotta remember, you know, it's a long season and you gotta just stay consistent in being who you are, showing up and giving your best every day because, I mean, it's the most parallel thing to life that I've ever seen. Like, it's not always gonna go well. You're gonna have some hard times. You're gonna have some really good times too, but like, can you continue to be the same person, and show up every single day and, and be the best version of yourself? So that's what it's like in season and then off season, you know, when all the guys are off site, you know, we're really focusing on like, again, our roster, like we do the develop, development plans for our players. So understanding, okay, like where everybody is and then where, um, you know, a player can get better and what he needs to do to get better. So really outlining that goal to be able to communicate it with, to him and with his position coach and say, hey, these are the things we need to see from you. And this is our expectation and plan for you. So we really uh, hone in on that process and you know, I'm always challenging guys to think outside of football, to go do a job shadow, go do an internship, um, have some informational interviews, go to this program that, you know, the league office or the PA is offering. Because, again, like they're going to do something a lot longer in life than play football. So I challenge them constantly, you know, to get your education, to learn and figure out how you can start to create, you know, you know, your, your transition plan before that actually starts. And then thirdly, it's really uh, intentional on like uh, the prospects that are coming out. So. Uh, analyzing the draft candidates and then um, the free agents that are in the uh, in the class for March where we sign, you know, really being a part of that process to say, hey, this guy, you know, he have, has this, these strengths and weaknesses and then, you know, putting a plan in place to say, hey, if we get this person, this is how I would impact him from a player development standpoint, a life skills or culture 
uh, and being intentional about who we select to come into this building. Does every team have someone who's doing that, making sure guys have a development plan and looking at players who are incoming to see if they would be culture fits or how you could help them transition after they're out of here? (laughs) Yeah, I mean... That's a good question, honestly. Like, there's one of me at every team for sure, a director of player engagement. Uh, Staffs are starting to grow. We're starting to get, you know, a coordinator or a manager of player engagement. But, you know, there's 32 ways to slice a pie. Not, you know, everybody has the same role, function, and responsibility. Uh, But I'm thankful here, again, for our our leadership that they are very inclusive and they respect my opinion and they allow me to, you know, take part in this. But uh, I do think it's a very important piece to the puzzle. Um, to be able to to have a say and impact and help, you know, create um, just opportunities for success. And I think it's helped our team, you know, be successful over the last five years since I've been here. You know, it's been awesome, you know, seeing my young guys, you know, now be my vets in the locker room and knowing the things that, you know, I put in place to help them grow. Can you take us through your game day role? Yeah, on game day, pregame, um, you know, <laughs> not even pregame. Like, there's just a lot. I'm a, a, a touch point for, like, player families, for the players, for et cetera. So, you know, things will come up the morning of, like, hey, Austin, like, you know, I got this person coming in. I forgot to give him my tickets. I forgot to get postgame wristbands. So <laughs> I'm often mitigating or problem solving and trying to just, you know, make sure that these guys can focus on the main thing and going out and doing their job. So supporting the players from that standpoint. And then, you know, during the game, um, I communicate to, you know, our player families if there's an injury. We hope that doesn't, that doesn't happen. But, you know, oftentimes I, I always go back there with the player whenever there's an injury. And if it's severe, I'll communicate with the family to get them, you know, down to, you know, see the player if they're on site. And if they're not, just kind of keep them abreast of what's going on so they, you know, have the uh, most up-to-date information. Um, you know, sometimes it's running back in the locker room to help a guy, you know, he got his cleats or he needs to switch gloves or something like that. So it's all hands on deck. You do a little bit of everything on game day. Uh, and then again, like encouraging guys, um, you know, trying to pick up anything that you may see, any tips that you can share, um, and then just being uh, that support system. So um, the game days are, are fun and they're busy. It's a lot. Uh, and it's funny, like after the game days, like Mondays and Tuesdays are really game days for me because that's when guys are recovering and we're figuring out injury. We're going through our mental health stuff, getting guys with counselors. And um, I do my rookie development programs uh, on Mondays the day after the game. So it's either me facilitating a session or a speaker that I'm hosting. So um, it stays uh, pretty busy. When you have speakers or do rookie development or really any kind of outing, what kind of feedback do you get in terms of like, we should have them back or like that wasn't so helpful. Like, do you get that kind of dialogue? Yeah, I do. I, I challenge our guys. It's like, listen, I can't, this is for you. It's only going to be as good as, you know, you want it to be. And I can bring people to you, but you got to tell me, you know, how you want to be fed. So um, I, I survey our guys at the end of like each phase, you know, when they're here in the summer, I'm saying, hey, like who was the best speaker? How was that impactful? Is there anybody else that you want? And then, you know, we'll get into end season and we'll say, okay, like, you know, what do you want to hear? Like, uh, I have my structured stuff that we have to do, but there'll be times where it's just a check-in. It's like, all right, guys, what's going on? Like, you know, is it relationships? Is it family asking for things? Is you just stressing about your status on the team? And they'll say, hey, like, okay, do you want me to bring somebody in to help us, you know, work through that? So um, there's a lot of flexibility and uh, customization that comes with it. But, again, I'm a big believer in that peer-to-peer process. Like, I can only tell them so much, but if I can get – you know, Fred Warner or George Kittle or Nick Bosa, you know, um, 
Jimmy G, one of those guys that come in here and share their experiences, like it's extremely powerful. And then those conversations like lead into the locker room. And then when they're on the bus ride together, like to a stadium or to practice, they're like, oh man, you remember you were talking about this? And it carries on there. So it, it creates a lot of culture and brotherhood uh, when we can do those type of things too. Has there been a speaker that was just like the overwhelmingly favorite, most popular? <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely some. I don't. I'd probably get in trouble if I start naming. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but um, yeah, we do have some some people that are consistent and come back. Man, it's just great energy, and they really know how to relate, connect to the players. Um, you know, last year I asked. You know, we were at the end of the season. I was like, man, who do y'all want to hear? Is there like a motivational speaker, anybody out there that you want to see? And like, they're like, oh, bring. Can you bring Eric Thomas in here? And like, fortunately, like I know ET and. We'd met when I was in New York at the league office and, and doing some things there. So I was able to hit him up and, you know, he made it a point to come out here and, and put us in his schedule to come, you know, get the guys some motivation and inspiration at the end of the season and help us, you know, again, revitalize and understand our goals. So that's always a fun part too, figuring out like, hey, like what else can I do? I did, we just finished doing a, a venture capital and investor luncheon where, you know, we brought in local VCs and Steve Young came and he talked about his transition from, athlete to investor and like just being able to be creative and help these guys um it's been really cool to do you're also part of the 49ers wisdom sessions with 100 black men in the bay area can you tell us a little bit about those yeah that's a, a idea that really came after the george floyd uh, incident unfortunately uh, but you know our front office staff martin mayhew john lynch Rand carthon adam peters like they're like man like what can we do like to start to support you know the black community even more here where we are on a consistent basis and we were able to partner with 100 black men and the mentor and opportunity league and now uh those kids high school students uh you know people of color men women etc they come uh once a month and we have wisdom wednesdays and we usually have a you know some type of like program topic, whether it's like how to network or it's like how to, you know, outline my college, you know, path or, you know, preparing for the SAT, just the simple things. But I think it all goes back, you know, to what we said originally, like how can we enhance the pipeline of qualified candidates, especially people of color and women. So exposing them to the opportunities and careers that exist here, but even more so like just pouring into them and saying, hey, like these are the things you need to you know, create your you know, opportunities for yourself. And we're going to do everything we can to help promote you and, and push you and groom you so you're prepared whenever those opportunities come. And then we got to hold teams and organizations accountable, like when it comes to hiring. And like, again, like it can't always be that person um, that, that's coming from the Ivy League school, you know, that gets the job just because of their credentials. Like sometimes you got to take a chance on a kid from an HBCU that has a great GPA that's done a lot of like extracurricular work and, and again, it may not be the prestige from, you know, UPenn, but, you know, you could have go to North Carolina Central and you could be a great addition and resource to uh, our program. So that's what, you know, you have to challenge, again, yourselves to help populate, you know, the pipeline with people and pour into them. But you also have to make it a priority at your organization to hire those people. And again, I think, you know, we're one of the best in the league when it comes to that and, and thankful to our, our leadership for allowing that. Where do you hope to see both the league and player engagement in the next like five to 10 years? How do you see that evolving? I mean, I'd love to see more representation and ownership from, you know, uh, a black and minority standpoint, you know, with the more uh, diverse people we can get in that room of, you know, the 32 owners, I think the better. Um, and then I would like to see that same, you know, again, in the leadership from team presidents to um, vice presidents and uh, executives across the board 
And then from a coaching standpoint, like, again, like for the representation on the field to be, you know, what it is, like we need more representation from coaches on the offensive side of the ball and, you know, the quarterback position. Obviously, we see the trend in hiring when it comes to that. So, you know, if that's where candidates are getting pulled from, then we need to put more minority candidates in those positions and create opportunities for them. So uh, that's my hope and my vision. And, you know, I think we have some people that are definitely doing everything they can to do it, but we can always do more. Um, and again, it has to come from the top down. Like we have to make it a priority for owners to hire black, you know, offensive coordinators, black defense coordinators from, you know, the Eric B enemies to um, Byron Leftwich to, you know, there's, there's so many talented people out there, but you can't always just go with like what's comfortable to you because that's, you know, what you're familiar with. Again, like be comfortable, you know, giving somebody an opportunity, even when it doesn't feel comfortable. What advice do you have to people who want to get into this industry? Oh, man, that's a good question. Advice. Um, one, again, I would say get qualified, you know, whatever it is, you know, figure it out, get your degree, your education as much as you can and start to get experiences. Uh, again, a volunteer, intern, um, and build those relationships because, again, it's a very relationship-based business and you got to be willing to, you know, get your informational interviews in and, and just build with somebody. So look on LinkedIn, find like what their role is, go to team websites and try to figure out, okay, what are the responsibilities of this person? And then you see if you can get an email address, call them, uh, find them on Twitter side and, you know, give them a direct message, whatever that is. Um, you know, you just got to be aggressive in this industry. Nothing's going to come to you. Nobody's just going to give it. So um, those are things that I learned. And then the, the most important was like being able to communicate, you know, in a concise way. Hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm interested in. These are my strengths. These are my skills. This is the value that I can add to you. And then see where it goes from there. Uh, but you got to just keep kicking the door down. You know, it's not going to happen overnight and, and just persevere and stay, stay persistent. I think we've asked this on every single podcast. It's my favorite question. It's the last question we always do. Every job posting, I think they hope you don't see it, says like other duties as assigned as the last bullet point. <laughs> Have you done something with the 49ers that would be in other duties as assigned? Wasn't there, but somehow it came across your, your desk. <laughs> I definitely have, especially in player engagement. Like we're like a service role, you know, so there's a lot of different things that I never thought I'd be doing. Like Eliza Mitchell had his son here three weeks ago and we babysat him for two hours, you know, like he, <laughs> unfortunately his, his wife had to go to a doctor's appointment for their next child and he needed some help with his kids. So I was like, all right, that wasn't in the job description, but bring, <laughs> bring him over here. Like we'll take care of him for a little bit. So that was one. And then uh, the most random and fun one was probably uh, with Jordan Matthews, who uh, is recovering from ACL injury right now. But uh, when he first got here, you know, he shipped his car out and he got the car off the truck and he's like, oh, I'm going to go to the gas station. Well, he ends up running out of gas, like within 30 feet of our team hotel. So he's literally stuck in the middle of traffic. And I'm probably like one of the few points of contact he's met since he's been with the team. So he's like, hey, Moss, like. I need you, man. Like, he's like, I was like, what? He was like, well, I'm sitting in the traffic and I don't have any gas. So I was just like, all right, man. Like, I left my home, went and got a gas can, filled it up, and then brought it to him. And he's just sitting there, you know, laughing and smiling. But he's like, bro, I bet you in a million years you never thought you'd be filling up somebody's gas tank as like a director of player engagement. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, no, you're right. I didn't think so. <laughs> so um, that was pretty cool. Uh, but again, you just never know what's going to come up. And you always try to be available and to do what you can to support these guys. Wow. That's yeah. funny. I'll have to give J-Matt, you know, some shade for that. <laughs> yeah, please like, do. I tell him, I was like, bro, you owe me for life. 
That's amazing. Well, at least you have a call now if you ever were to run out of gas. Really, yeah. anything. He better come to all the way to Kentucky if I'm right there. It doesn't matter. Like he better show up. Wow. So you're you're very reliable. Yeah. Like if we had one phone call, we should call you. We're gonna call you. I th- that'd be a good call. I get you. Okay. I got your back for sure. I do. I love it. <laughs> I got your back. Austin, thank that you so good. much for joining the podcast. It's a lot of fun. And again, our first you know football kind of episode. So thank you so much for yeah. joining. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you all. Continue your support and uh, go Niners. Go Niners. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks.